Hello and welcome to the Community Colleges Australia podcast. I'm Emma Lancaster. You're listening to the second episode in our six-part series on governance and business management. Today, we're talking about the benefits of formal mentoring, how to build a successful mentoring program, and the positive flow and effects to your organisation and your own personal development. We'll also be hearing from two recent CCA mentoring program graduates and what their experience has been as mentor and mentee. Now, if this is your first time listening, you might want to go back and start from episode one. This is Community Colleges Australia's second podcast series, where we aim to provide a range of resources to support community education providers and showcase the work of the sector. Kicking us off today is Ty Wiggins, the principal of Converge Consulting. And a little later, you'll be hearing from CCA mentor David Fuller, the chief executive officer of WEA Illawarra. All you really need to do is, in the words of that Nike ad, just do it and CCA mentee Ted Nabung, the principal and CEO of Hornsby Kringai Community College. The way it was explained, that he'd be looking at a landscape. There's several paths. There's, there's, there's one to the left, one to the right. At the end of the day, you will get through and, and you'll be fine. But first up, here's Ty Wiggins, an expert in executive coaching and leadership development. We're talking now about building a successful mentoring program. Ty, can you kind of explain to me what you think makes a good mentor and what makes a good mentee? A good mentor is someone who has a wide breadth of experience, but also detailed experience in the area where the mentee is looking for support. It's someone who is open to learning themselves and is very open to sharing not only how they've done what they've done throughout their career and in those roles, but also why they've done those things. How do you design a best practice mentoring program? You need to make sure that you've got clearly identified needs of the mentee. Mentoring really relies on the mentor having done the specific role of the mentee before. So I could coach a lot of people in different roles, but I could only mentor people that have done, are doing the role that I've done. So in a mentoring program, we need to make sure we align the mentee with the appropriate mentor. And it's generally someone who's sat in that chair or in that role before. And then how do you implement it? How do you actually go about creating it and, you know, rolling it out? Like any leadership development program, it needs to have clear um, objectives and, and what success looks like in terms of the outcomes. We need to set rules around the type of information disclose the type of uh, areas discussed, meeting frequency expectations on times on both sides. But most importantly, if we can identify what success looks like for the mentee, we can make sure that the mentor feels comfortable that they can impart that. Um, And then once we run the guidelines of the sharing of the information, we should be able to formulate a program that works for both. What if you're a mentor and you find yourself in a situation where you're not sure how to answer a mentee's question? The guideline for the mentor is to impart to the mentee what you did when you were faced with that circumstance or what you would have done. So with that lens, the mentor can easily get around areas where they haven't had direct experience by saying, okay, that didn't come up for me, but what I would have done in your situation is this. And that's really what the mentee is looking for. So it is okay for them to say they don't know or that they didn't experience that. What the mentee needs from them, though, is based on their process of thinking and approaching the problem, what would they have done if they were in that situation? 
Do you think then mentoring programs increase workplace productivity? Well-run mentor programs, absolutely. One of the biggest issues in mentoring is bandwidth. People don't have time to spend with the mentee and the mentors that are in demand are the good ones and therefore they're in increased demand. How do you get around that? Uh, I think balance. One of the things that we found too was the mentee really needs to drive the process for the mentor. If the mentee isn't hungry and organising and well, well planned, uh, the process doesn't work so well. So it's unreasonable to expect the mentor to do all of the work. The mentee really needs to drive that. So picking the right mentee that is really looking for support and development is really important. And getting down to the nitty gritty of it, what is um, the time commitment for being a mentor? It varies from case to case, but I would suggest you need to allocate at least a couple of hours a month to spend some time with the mentee, and that'll ebb and flow depending on the issues that the mentee's faced or facing. It's a low time requirement, but it's concentrated time, so the mentor needs to be aware of that. And do you have any kind of parting pearls of wisdom when it comes to building a successful mentoring program? You need to really push the mentee to to drive the process. So where I've seen these fail and, and or not work as well, it's where we have a very willing mentor um, and a passive mentee. Um, this is not a classroom environment. This is not someone who's going to come out and, and hold you accountable to things you're supposed to be doing. The mentee needs to seek out the mentor on a regular basis. They need to push that communication in those meetings and really be open to to accepting that advice, which is probably the second bit. If you spend time with a mentor and they give you advice and you don't take it up, um, you're going to disenfranchise the mentor pretty quickly and they'll just stop because in most cases they're volunteering their time. One mentor who is highly sought after in the CCA program and who's been volunteering his time is David Fuller. My name's David Fuller. I'm the CEO of WEA Illawarra and the role of the CEO is all-encompassing. Um, I'm also principal of a secondary school that we run. Uh, we have uh, five campuses, um, so that keeps me busy on a day-to-day basis. David, what do you think makes a good mentor? Um, to be absolutely truthful, I don't know, and I don't know that you do until you have a go and try it. I certainly hadn't um, ever done it before, but I'd heard lots of people talk about the advantages for both the person doing the mentoring and the person receiving the mentoring. And it certainly was true in my case. I um, was a mentor for another CEO, and I think I learned more than he did, perhaps. If you're not sure what a good mentor is, then can you tell me what a good mentee is? Well, I, I guess really wanting something to come out of the process was the key to it, and honesty. I think... Um, Once you strip away all of the facade and the excuses and you get down to the real issues that people are dealing with, then I think it's possible for you to be able to reflect upon your own experience and say, well, you know, I had a very similar example of that or um, what I do in my situation is this. And then that generally leads to something quite interesting, a bit of personal self-reflection for yourself, but for the person receiving that information, it helps them dig a little bit and, um, and yeah, really reflect upon how they've performed in that particular situation that's causing them some grief or some happiness, depending on what it is. What was the time commitment for you? You were obviously the mentor in this case. Look, it does depend upon 
I suppose, the circumstances at the time. And often Ted and I would agree not to meet on a particular week. Um, but I would say that it probably took about a, an hour or so every two weeks in face-to-face or on telephone. I didn't need to prepare a great deal because I didn't know what was going to come up. So all you really need to do is, um, in the words of that Nike ad, just do it. <laughs> And were there any questions you couldn't answer? And how did you deal with those? There were plenty of um, things that I didn't have an immediate solution for, but that's not the role of the mentor, is not to solve the problems for the mentee. It is really to reflect upon your own experience and to relate that to the person so they might see how somebody handled a similar situation or somebody who hasn't ever handled that situation but has done something Um, that might be able to relate some uh, help to them. Not all of the situations were uh, ones of need and ones of real concern. The mentee David Fuller was assigned is Ted Nabung. He's been the principal-slash-CEO of Hornsby-Karingai Community College since September 2015. I think it's really, for me, I think the real value for Ted might have been the fact that I'd ring him up and he knew that I'd ring him up and I wasn't going to miss out. Um, and, um, and it was sort of almost like a level of accountability. David's going to ring, and I'm going to have to tell him uh, what's been happening, and so I'm really going to have to think about this. Um, so I think that really helped him. And I think anybody enjoys having somebody have an interest in their own life and their own issues. Um, you know, having another person to reflect and bounce things off that doesn't have really any skin in the game much, um, is really quite a useful thing to do. Uh, My name is Ted Nabung. I'm the uh, principal and CEO of Hornsby Karingai Community College. Uh, As a principal and CEO, I'm squashed between the operations and the board. So I'm the link of, of what the board desires and I'm the person that leads the organisation with regards to the visions and directions. I'm keen to hear your thoughts on what makes a good mentor after going through this program and also a good mentee. Um, A good mentor, um, I picked David for a start because he had a, he he was actually the chair of Community Colleges Australia and uh, I suspected he had a lot of experience and he knew the sector quite well, that's the Community Colleges sector. But some of the qualities that he he evidenced uh, through the process was that he he, he knew which questions to ask. Um, he was a, actually a good listener. Uh, he was open to share experiences, and he was non-judgmental. Uh, with regards to a good mentee, uh, at that time I thought I had I had to explain situations objectively. Um, I had to be honest with my thoughts and my feelings um, and I appreciate the mentor for for his time in sharing experiences and also able to note uh, the mentor's opinion and or recommendations going forward. That's great. Good to hear. Now I wanted to know a little bit more about why you chose to go through a formal mentoring program instead of other options like coaching or informal mentoring. Um, why why do you prefer the formal program? Um, I, I, I think the program is formal with regards to uh, the whole idea of actually getting getting mentored. 
But I think the approach was informal. Uh, it was informal in a way that um, it was it was basically conversations over telephone. Uh, we did have lunch at one at, at a later at a later date, but um, um, it was it was quite uh, informal. Um, obviously, at governance level, mentoring is better suited. I feel. Uh, presumably at, at senior level, most mentees would have long and impressive resumes and would apply their knowledge and skills at certain situations or issues. So there's, there's pre-knowledge there. So mentoring was, uh, I suppose, in, in, in my experience, it was an informal um, experience and I thought it was, it was the right one. So then what do you think has been the greatest lesson for you, Ted, in terms of what you've learned through this process that you can apply to your organisation? I think being objective and remaining objective and seeing it as a case was important. And to see it not as a person involved, but as a person that would that is explained to you by an outsider, the mentor. So for me, I saw a lot of things through his eyes. Uh, so I became quite dispassionate and just basically watched it unfold, uh, the dynamics as it were, and um, I did not react to them. I just, I just knew what was coming. So it was, it was good in a way of being dispassionate and non-aligned and being objective. They're, they're the, the key ones. So you thought having an outsider speaking to someone external to your world gave you a sense of objectivity you wouldn't have had otherwise. Correct. The way it was explained that he'd be looking at a landscape. He said, Ted, here's a landscape. There, there are the hills, there are the swamps there, and the, the path is, there's several paths. There's, this, is, this is one to the left, one to the right. He, he showed me, well, this is the landscape, and this is how you go. You, get, you can get through it numerous ways, but at the end of the day, you will get through, and, and you'll be fine. So that's the real positive and so were there any kind of clear goals or expectations that you both created together in order to make sure you were getting the most out of the program? Um, he was more like asking the questions, uh, how's it going? Uh, he found a way to get the truth out of me. I mean, it didn't take long, but he knew that there were most CEOs that I knew would have, would have issues. Um, and I just spelt them out, basically. David and Ted plan to continue their mentoring program in an informal capacity moving into the future, and both seem to have learnt from one another. Reflecting on what makes a good mentoring program, David Fuller has a few final thoughts. I guess it's really easy to see looking back, um, but not looking forward. Um, and I guess what a good mentoring program looks like looking back is that um, both the mentor and the mentee have a really good relationship and we'll probably continue to talk to each other about the issues going forward in a more informal way. Um, I think both feel that they've, they've gained something from the process and willing to engage in it again because of the, the value of the process for other people involved. Um, so yes, I suppose something that is really um, sort of self-propagating in a way is, is a successful program. And the big question is, will you do it again? Um, quite possibly. I've had a little rest this year, but I suspect, yes, I'll probably do it again. Yeah. If you've never had anything to do with it, you don't really think about it that seriously. Um, but I would encourage people to give some serious thought to it. Um, I think 
as CEOs and or as senior officers within the community education sector, we see the impact education has on the lives of people. And a lot of us have mentoring programs built into a lot of our courses, and we see the impact it has there. So it's only logical, really, the extension of it to people in senior positions. They're going to benefit um, the same way. Um, so I think just a little bit of reflection on what you've seen with your own eyes, and if you're a little bit reluctant, just think about the benefit that you've seen for younger people that come through our colleges. And um, if that's possible for yourself and for, for another CEO, then I would say get involved quickly. series is produced for Community Colleges Australia by Heaps Good Media, engineered by Miles Martignoni and produced and presented by me, Emma Lancaster. Next time on the Community Colleges Australia podcast, we look at how you and your organisation can succeed through CEO transition. This podcast has been made with funding from the New South Wales Department of Industry to assist the leadership capabilities of adult and community education organisations. You can find the full list of episodes at cca.edu.au. Thanks for listening.